next on BYU Sports Nation. Three games, three wins. A huge night for BYU hoops, men's and women's, and BYU volleyball. But who had the best night? As we approach the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, which BYU Cougars has been the most outstanding player? And Jerem Jordan and Dennis Pitta reunited. It feels so good. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, January 11th, wherever and however you're connected. This is how we do it. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who fears no Baltimore Ravens former tight end, Jerem Jordan. Is he retired yet? I'm gonna I think ask, so. I'm going to ask him that. I he, think so. He hasn't said. He hasn't, like Michael Scott declared bankruptcy, right? Has uh, Dennis Pitta declared retirement? I declare retirement! Yeah, that's what I want to hear on the show today, whether he's retired or not. I ask him every time. I'm surprised you showed yeah. up. Listen, I don't have anything against Dennis. I'm not the one that decides whether we have time for him or not. Like, I don't produce the show. I'm, I'm over here, right? I have nothing against Dennis. I love Dennis. It's not, it's not me. I just declare that, unfortunately, we ran out of time. Some would say that that joke has run its course. And some would say it hasn't. <laughs> I was of that. Well, maybe this. Well, maybe it's not. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. Yes, Dennis Pitta will help Dennis. us preview all of the Cougars in the NFL playoffs this weekend. And I'm sure Jerem and he will exchange new and wonderful pleasantries once again. I love Dennis, dude. He's one of my favorite players here all time. That happens in about 15 minutes. One of us scored points last night with our and one picks. One of us didn't. Those 17 plus suckers recapped in 30 minutes. And BYU women's gymnastics gets their season underway in a huge way on BYU TV. The 24th ranked Cougars take on the third ranked Red Rocks of Utah. Guard Young, the head coach, will join us in studio in 40 minutes. Loaded Friday show. And this is how we do Friday's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball all over Portland. 79-56. Yoli Childs records another monster double-double. 28 points and 12 rebounds emphasized by these two. TJ drops it off for Cannon, who drops it off for Childs. He gives it back to TJ, who gives it low to Yo on the pick and roll. And Yo throws it down. The throwdown is a Yo down. Indeed, Greg Rebell. The Cougars host Santa Clara tomorrow at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio, trying to get to 3-1 in conference play. Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, and the Chiefs take on the Colts tomorrow at 435 Eastern in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Kyle Vanoy and the Patriots face off against Michael Davis and the Chargers Sunday at 105 Eastern. And Taysom Hill and the Saints battle the Eagles 440 on Sunday. BYU men's volleyball sweeps the Ohio State. The number seven Buckeyes right out of the Smithfield house in their home opener last night. Sophomore Gabby Garcia-Fernandez led the team with 15 kills, six digs, two aces. The Cougars back in the friendly confines of the Smithfield house tomorrow when they host Ball State. That match set for 9 Eastern as well. And Women's Hoops wins its seventh game in a row after topping Pacific 77-74 in Stockton. Paisley Johnson and Shayla Gonzalez both scored 24 points to lead the Cougars. The 13-3 BYU women's basketball team plays at St. Mary's tomorrow at 5 Eastern time. Let's go, Road Warriors. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU men's basketball with a needed and critical and beneficial homecoming last night in a 23-point win over the Portland Pilots. Yes, Portland's terrible. How many? 23, Jerem. Interesting. Portland's terrible, but this was BYU's first home game in a month. Yoli Childs told me there is nothing like being back in front of your home crowd following that blowout win. Jerem, was last night's win just what the doctor ordered for BYU men's basketball? Yeah, absolutely. At home against the league's worst team, fantastic. BYU started strong, 20-4, to kind of let up. It was a six-point game at halftime, but Cougars shot 49%. BYU went 17-plus. In fact, in the second half, BYU outscored Portland by exactly 17. Not a coincidence. Yoli Childs, as you mentioned, fantastic. 28-12 in 30 minutes. T.J. Haas wasn't very much of a scorer. He had seven assists, however. Six different Cougars hit a three. Fantastic. This is exactly what I thought BYU do. In fact, I thought BYU would score more. Uh, had a lull there in the, in the second quarter, if you will. But this was a fantastic response from BYU after being away for a long time. According to Dave Rose, it was exactly what the doctor ordered. Aside from about 10 minutes of game time, but mostly the coach was pleased. Take his word for it. Listen to this. Well, I thought we played 30 minutes of really good basketball, the first 10 minutes of the first half, and then the, la- the, the, the second half was really efficient and effective and, and, and dialed in on those two things, our, our effort and uh, consistent effort and then our execution. I know Coach Rose was really happy that BYU held Portland to 30 points in the first half and then 26 in the second half for a grand total of 56. BYU has typically been pretty solid at home defensively, holding opponents to about 68 points. Again, Portland is not good. But when you have gone through what BYU has recently gone through with this month-long road swing where you go 1-4 and and you have turmoil within the team, it's just good to see the guys have cohesion and be connected. Those are the two words that Dave Rose loves to use. Connected, cohesion. Yeah, I think this was exactly what BYU needed to help them build some momentum. They get Santa Clara, a team that is rolling, Coming into Saturday night. One nine of ten. The coaches, I'm sure, will remind the BYU guys all day long that Santa Clara is playing really good basketball right now. But this is an opportunity for them to build off of it. They have home games. Hallelujah. Don't go on the road for a month. Yeah, it was a crazy stretch uh, because BYU scheduled three non-conference games uh, away from Provo. And then the first two of league were away as well. And so that's, that's tough, right? You don't sync those up necessarily. The league says, this is what we're doing. And you say, oh, shoot, now it's five in a row. That's what happened with BYU. Santa Clara beat Pepperdine last night to keep that streak rolling. As Jerem said, they've won nine of the last ten. Only lost to Gonzaga. And everybody's losing to Gonzaga, let's be honest. <laughs> BYU has an opportunity to feel even better tomorrow against this rolling team, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Now, I was shocked by this a little bit. TeamRankings.com gives BYU a 90.8% chance to beat Santa Clara in the Marriott Center tomorrow. Stats are for losers. Um, are they, Aaron? Is 18 for 18 a losing stat? 90.8%. <laughs> so essentially 91% chance to beat a Santa Clara yeah. team that beat USC and just beat a Pepperdine team that has proved to be somewhat formidable in league play. Like, that, that seems high to me. It's pretty high, yeah. Uh, but BYU's had... Uh, Great success at home. Yeah, they're 7-0 and against Santa Clara as a member of the WCC. 
and it's not been close. I'll and they're 8-1 and one overall t- at home. My, my, yeah, my and one pick has everything to do with that. By the way, Houston lost for the uh, first time uh, at the buzzer. Oh. Yeah, a, a, a charge on the last play of the game. It happens. Houston made a basket that would have won the game. It happens. Yeah. In addition to a men's basketball win last night, the men's volleyball team won, swept seventh-ranked Ohio State, as we mentioned. Women's basketball team won its seventh straight game, staying undefeated in league play at 5-0. and with a win at Pacific. So which of the three wins last night was the most impressive? Oh, that's easy for me. BYU women's basketball. Only one team played away from home. And in conference play, midseason, when you have a target on your back because you are at the top of the conference. Well, I'd say Gonzaga's at the top. Okay, sorry. They are tied with Gonzaga technically at the top of the conference, unbeaten in WCC play. So for me, on the road... It is so hard to win consistently in conference away from your home floor. BYU has played five games in conference. They have played more on the road, three, than they have at home, and won all of them now. They found a way to beat Pacific. People are going to get geared up. Teams are going to get geared up to play against BYU now that they're 13-3 and three and they've won seven in a row. And they're they might be in the top in 25 play. next week. We'll see. For me, it's BYU women's basketball. It got weird again at the end. Pacific tied it. always it. does in Stockton, Pacific Spencer. tied it, and BYU found a way to come away with that victory. And that's what championship-caliber teams do. They find a way to win close games, and that's what this women's team has done consistently. On the road! You already locked its doors, uh, metaphorically, and uh, took home a victory, which is great. And, f- and literally. And literally, yes. hopefully. Yes. Yeah, a lot of history there. Uh, all were impressive wins. I, I, I thought everything was great. Uh, I am going to give my unbiased men's volleyball pick. Okay. I expected men's hoops to dominate. Women's volleyball, uh, women's basketball has shown that they can win on the road and, and be good. So I say women's, uh, men's volleyball. I was surprised that they swept Ohio State. A sweep against Ohio State is a nice thing. Ohio State has beaten BYU twice recently in the national title game. And now BYU the last two years has defeated Ohio State twice. In five in Columbus and now in three in Provo. Fantastic start to the season. We were wondering what we'd see from this group. We knew BYU would be good, but how good, right? Gabby Garcia, Fernandez, fantastic. Davide Gardini, 13 kills, 417, <laughs> four digs and an ace in his debut as a Cougar. The six foot nine Italian was awesome as the game-winning kill, and BYU beats Ohio State. Fantastic. Impressed by all three, but if I have to pick one, I go with the volleyball team. The unbiased Completely opinion. unbiased. From the voice of BYU men's yeah. volleyball for a decade. Yeah. <laughs> totally unbiased yeah outstanding win no question for sean olmstead it was it was a great night frankly for everybody i credit the byu sports nation karma and byu women's basketball they had to go on the road compared to sean olmstead having the karma at home so oh, i i give yeah. i give the I edge you. to but women's I hoops don't. but you don't <laughs> clearly not byu football celebrating a fantastic end to their season and they should be happy about making several significant jumps, Jerem, in metrics that we feel like matter. ESPN's Football Power Index, the Jeff Sagarin ratings, which compiles so many different numbers and situations into determining just how good a team is, not to mention the Sagarin strength of schedule. So just to give you an example, from 17 to 18, BYU football jumps from 93 to 60 in the Football Power Index. They jump from 112 to 63 in the Sagarin ratings. Whoa. That's twice as much. Wow. 69 spots up. Wow. No, 59 spots up, if I'm doing the math. But essentially. I trust your math. You're good at math. A huge, a huge jump, okay? 
The Sagarin strength of schedule, up five spots. Not significant, but still up five spots. Jerem, let's play What's the Chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. What's the chance BYU makes another jump, my friend, in these numbers next season? 84%. I expect at least a one-game increase in terms of record, and I think that will yield a jump. I don't think it's going to be plus 30. Like, by percentage, perhaps, you could you could equal something there. But I expect BYU to be one game better at least. Eight wins is my hope for the overall season, including the Hawaii Bowl. Get into the top 50, I would say. Yeah, I like BYU's chances because I think, one, the strength of schedule is going to be a lot higher. And, I don't know, probably hard, yeah, probably hard, 10 spots. But I, I, would imagine, yeah. just, I would imagine it'll be at least 5 to 10 spots higher. But if BYU can win the, even the same amount of games or maybe one game more in the regular season? Yeah, 7-5 and five regular season, I would Whoa. take with the schedule. Okay, then those numbers naturally will climb. I'm giving BYU a 65% chance to have all of those numbers climb next season. If they don't, then I go, wait a minute, what? Then how, how do you gauge improvement other than the win-loss category? These metrics. It's these metrics, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. These, ha- these help you know, because not all schedules are created equal. If you were to them a league, they don't have kind of the, the rhythm that every other team plays with. They kind of have this random compilation of teams outside of Boise State, Utah, and Utah State. I can tell you this much. You'll be on the fast track to your 84% chance that BYU makes another jump in all of these metrics if the Cougars win their season opener. Countdown to the youths. Run it again. Run it again. Countdown to the youths. To the That one's the worst. I know. It really is the worst. Come on. I know. I know. All right. Tomorrow's the start of the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Former Cougars Daniel Sorensen, Michael Davis, Kyle Van and Taysom Hill are involved. It's been a fun season following these guys and other former players in the league. So, Spencer, which Cougar has been the most outstanding player in the NFL this season among the former BYU players. Ah, yes. Well, I'll tell you right now, the most versatile and talked about and discussed has been Taysom Hill because he's a quarterback doing everything that quarterbacks aren't supposed to do. When a quarterback does something that a regular football player does, everyone freaks out and it makes me laugh every day. Oh, he blocked like a regular player? It's like, he's a football player. Come on. But not, you're not right, to he's say, unique. Not to say Taysom, Taysom Hill hasn't been incredible blocking punts and, no, and showing that when, crazy like, versatility. Tom Brady runs out and actually touches somebody yes. else. He's like, whoa! Yes. Taysom's different. He's, yeah, he's doing everything. He's a, he's a different animal. Great. So he's the most versatile and the most talked about. It is very impressive. But if we're saying the most outstanding, yeah. i got to give it to Kyle Van Noy. Okay. He has quietly put together a best season in his NFL career. Mm-hmm. He's over 90 tackles. Yeah, career high, 92. 92! He's over 90 tackles playing for a team that has a legitimate chance to win yet another Super Bowl. He's like one of the two key cogs on that New England Patriots defense right now. He's old reliable for the Patriots on defense. KVN does it again. Scored two defensive touchdowns oh, this season. Yeah, one on special teams, one defensive. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy to me has been the most outstanding, and he's done it quietly. It's, there's nothing quiet about the Patriots, Spencer. Come on, man. Uh, Taysom Hill. It's hard to argue against Taysom, in my opinion. Okay. okay let's, let's talk about the versatility okay. here. All right. Because, just because no one's done what he's done. He's been outstanding. He scored two touchdowns. He has 196 rushing yards, uh, 5.3 yards a carry, a bunch of fakes. 
on fourth down, too. He's, blo- he's blocked a punt, 64 yards passing, three catches, averages 25 yards per return, six tackles. It's incredible. Like, we've never seen a BYU player do what Taysom Hill is doing in the NFL ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, I know. How many, I know. How many quarterbacks have done what Taysom Hill is doing in the NFL ever, regardless of where they went to school? It is fun to watch. Oh, by the way, Daniel Sorensen played in only seven games. but had a pick six, 26 tackles, and he's in the playoffs as well. So he's put together a nice season. And he makes right. $3.2 mil a year, which is a mil more than Kyle Van Noy, which I was surprised by. I thought that Kyle was making equal to yeah. more than Daniel. Now, my honorable mention is Mr. Federico Warner, who is one of the top good, 20 tacklers good call, good in the call. National Football League. As honorable a mention. rookie. So much honor in that. As mention. a rookie. Yeah. Unfortunately, his team, not great. Switched positions. He switched positions. Pretty good. I don't think he's the MOP, but he should be mentioned in the comments. Oh, my goodness. He's the most outstanding rookie, Jerome. Of all the BYU rookies, yes. Our question of the day. You answer the question. Which former BYU football player was the most outstanding Cougar in the NFL this season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. ML Keck answers on Instagram. It's nice for it to be a hard choice, but I'll say Fred Warner because outstanding rookie season. Taysom was the most fun to watch. Fred's got a legit argument for most outstanding. Interesting. Okay, keep the uh, post coming on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, 17 works. Shout out to all the haters. But did Spencer neutralize the anti-jinx and one picks are on the way? (laughs) I should have known better. Doesn't apply in basketball. (laughs) Also, Jerem's really excited because it's time to hear from Dennis Pitta. We have time for him today. The producer gave him time. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU and Santa Clara tied for third place in the West Coast Conference at 2-1 and one in league. Broncos have won 9 of the last 10, heading into tomorrow's matchup, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN on demand by downloading the podcast. Watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, and however you want. Our question of the day, which former BYU football player has been the most outstanding Cougar in the NFL this season? At Shea Lawrence on Twitter answers, I'll say Andy Reid. Ooh, okay. Could be NFL Coach of the Year for what he's done with Patrick Mahomes and may end up Super Bowl champion. They've got to win a home game for the, in the playoffs for the first time in 25 years. So if they get over that hump, they got a chance. But no team with that bad of a defense has ever won the Super Bowl. So I, I don't think they're going to get it done just based on that. Can they outscore teams all the way to the Super Bowl? Can the Chiefs even get to the Super Bowl? They've got home field. You've got to play good defense. Like none of the games were in the 30s last week. Defense shows They've up. They've got the home field. Yeah. Hashtag BYUSN. That Twitter, hasn't been Facebook, a good thing. It's been a bad thing. Instagram. We've got a guest that played a ton of offense for BYU and for the Baltimore Ravens and won a Super Bowl. No kidding. Dennis Pitta on the Desiree Dennis! First Credit Union hotline. We have time for him. The Dennis, producers made time for him finally. I feel like it was just yesterday that you and I were on the sideline at the University of Arizona and you were convincing Kalani Satake to challenge a non called fumble. 
<laughs> wow. That didn't feel like – that felt like a long time ago, to be honest. That didn't feel that soon. That was like four or five but months ago. I appreciate ago. you it back up again. Hey, you know, anything I can do to uh, make you feel a little bit more uncomfortable about the glare that Kalani gave you and Austin Collie. <laughs> and I thought we agreed it was completely Austin's fault. I had no... <laughs> yeah, we can agree on well, that. Austin led the charge. That's touche. That, that's a fair point. Let's right. lead with this. Are you retired yet? Uh, not yet. Still holding out strong. Are you really am, holding uh, out like I you're going to play? Agent. No, I'm not. But it's been two full seasons. Yeah, I I could probably say I'm retired at this point, I would imagine. Oh, breaking news? Wow. I was no, hoping you'd no. hold like a press conference and cry and stuff. No, you're not, you're not going to do no. that? No. I, uh, I don't want a press conference. I don't really care about a lot of attention. I mean, if I held a press conference at this point, people would be like, well, hasn't he been retired for like three years? <laughs> so, it'd be embarrassing anyway. You don't like the attention? That's like the biggest lie you've ever said on this show, among many. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, congratulations on retirement. Well. What a career it was. Thank it was you. fun to watch you play. Yeah, in, in all seriousness. Uh, now that the book is closed. Yeah. yeah. So Jerem's going to be nice after he made you feel bad for like five straight minutes. What? <laughs> okay, I'm used to it. We have a I, didn't, I didn't lead with the at Arizona timeout thing. Come on, man. Hey, come on now. There are <laughs> different levels of trolling. Yeah, that was you, Spencer. All right, fair enough. Hey, what happened to your Ravens last week? Uh, good question. I think uh, they they have a rookie quarterback, and they um, they had to deal with some of the growing pains that come along with that. Uh, the offense was just abysmal for three and a half quarters, and uh, – to the Chargers' credit, I mean, they played unbelievable defense. Listen, not many defenses have been able to figure out the run game of the Ravens to that point, and they played really seven DBs. They had no linebackers in the game almost that entire game. Whoa. Uh, to match that speed, I mean, it was it was a really impressive game plan they put together, and uh, just something you don't see. Four safeties, three other cornerback types, and then – Really, four down linemen. So it was uh, it was an impressive performance by them. And our defense, once again, like the number one defense in the NFL, played tremendously. But Lamar, let me put this in perspective. Lamar Jackson, in the middle of the fourth quarter, here was his stat line. He was 3 of 10 for 25 yards and a QBR of zero. Yikes. So that's not very good. And he's been sacked five times for 27 yards, so their net passing was negative two in the fourth quarter. Oh, that's how much of a struggle it was. Now, to his credit, he led them back on a little bit of a charge late and got him in the game with an opportunity to win, but it was that kind of a day for him in that offense. Dennis, we know you've had an increased role with the Baltimore Ravens in terms of broadcasting games, so what's the latest with that? Do you want to keep doing that? you want to keep working with the Ravens and, and doing the uh, radio analysis thing, or, or how is that going to change moving forward? Well, yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I did uh, I did half their games this year, full time and away. Uh, got to do the playoff game just this past week, so it's been a lot of fun to be around the team and be involved in that capacity. Um, and they they want me to come back and do another year. I don't know exactly what my role will be, how many games I'm going to do. I think they're kind of leaving that up to me. But the travel's difficult. You go from Arizona all the way across the country to Baltimore for these games is is uh, wears you out a little bit. So. We'll see that some decisions have to be made by myself and then the team to, to figure out how much we're going to do next year. Yeah, those home games are still a four-hour flight away. <laughs> right. The, the easiest game for me was going to the L.A. Chargers game a couple weeks ago. It was just a quick flight to L.A. But, yeah, going across the country almost every game, is uh, it wears you out a little bit. 
We've been asking the question today and discussed in the uh, what's trending. Who's the most outstanding BYU player in the NFL right now? Who do you think it is? Well, it's a good question. I think you look at what Taysom's done, and he's certainly one of the more popular names out there right now for BYU uh, with his versatility and everything he does for that same team. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, but I think the most impact player that we have in the league right now has got to be Fred Warner. Mm. And I know he's only a rookie, but you look at what he did this season as a rookie. He led their team in tackles by a wide margin. I mean, almost double from their second leading tackler. He had 124 tackles on the year. I mean, he was impressive. And I know a few guys on that team, one of my really good friends, their fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, and, and they talk very highly of this kid and his potential. And so um, I think the future is bright for him, and it's a career that's just started. So he's got, in my opinion, that greatest ceiling. And so it'll be a lot of fun to watch him throughout his career. Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation gives the nod to most outstanding player with a BYU backdrop in the NFL to Fred Warner, who was top 20 in tackles in the NFL uh, in his rookie season. Very, very impressive. All right, let's talk BYU football, Dennis. The Cougars finished with a bang in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl on an 18-for-18 performance from quarterback Zach Wilson, 49-18 over Western Michigan. What do you expect next season now from Zach Wilson in his sophomore campaign? Well, I think what he was able to do to finish out this season, and obviously, like you mentioned, his performance in that bowl game, I think expectations are extremely high. I mean, the kid has has all the intangibles you look for. He's got the size, the build, the arm strength. And so now he's got the experience, or at least some experience, going into next year. I think this team goes as far as he goes. And it's nice to have that stability at the most important position on the football team at quarterback moving into next year. And so you can build around that, get some weapons around him, and uh, I think the sky's the limit for him and his team. So it's exciting. When you have a quarterback in place, expectations are always going to be higher, and certainly that's going to be the case for me at least going into next year. And the season begins with Utah, which is awesome, 230 days away, at Tennessee, USC, and Washington. If the 2009 team played that first four, how would you have fared? Oh, man, 2009. Did we have Austin Collie? No, that he was 2008. Um, I think we would have done well. I mean, here's why. Listen, in 2009, while well, we played number three Oklahoma on essentially a home game for them, I know it was technically a neutral site. Uh, we had to play Utah that same year. We had to play Florida State. We had to play TCU with a top 10 team back then. I don't know that those four teams that BYU had to play next year were better than the four teams that we had to play in, in our scheduling. And so we, I think we came out two and two in that you know i think we did lose to tcu and and florida state so i mean i think we would have done well but it's tough anytime you have to play that many good teams especially early on in a season it's tough to expect more than maybe a split three and one at best i would imagine i mean those are some good story programs i don't know that they're playing their best football tennessee's kind of down usc's not where they've been um so it's not going to be as tough of a schedule maybe as it would have looked a few years ago, but still games that are going to be tough and great opponents, great programs, and you got to play your best football. So I like our chances, but it's going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, it's, it's certainly exciting to play those teams. I guess my issue is because of when non-conference is for most teams, Dennis, BYU just has to stack the first four. What The difference between what you said in 09 was you didn't play all those teams in a row. You were able to kind of 
right. get a game in here and, and get a little break here or there. It, it becomes tough. So is 2-2 two and two an unrealistic expectation for BYU, or, or is that a fair thing to go, hey, get two of those four? Yeah, I think that's realistic. I think it's unrealistic to say you're going to go 4-0 and or 3-1 and in those types of games. You might steal a couple of them. I mean, look at what they did last year. They stole one against Arizona. They stole one against Wisconsin. Um, they're capable of playing very well, especially when you talk about uh, having a quarterback like Zach Wilson, someone they can rally around, someone that can lead this team, and hopefully put up some points against teams like that. So, listen, I, I like their chances being able to at least split. Uh, but you never know. Every every year is new. I mean, shoot, we could have a great team next year, or we could take a step back. You just never know how it's going to play out. Dennis, the seat is warm for you in Studio B whenever you feel like coming to hang out, the man. The third chair is. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. It, it doesn't always feel that warm at times, but I would love to come on a little more often. Well, you just complained about traveling, so I don't know if it's going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> the travel from Arizona to Utah is, is more manageable than that to Baltimore. So Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Dennis, we appreciate the time, man. Great insight into BYU football and uh, into the Cougars in the NFL. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Congrats on retirement, finally. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. We'll throw a retirement party for you when you come in studio. Thank you. That'll be great. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. On the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Listen, I, it, every time he comes on, I go, are you retired? And he finally says, yes, I'm retired. I'm retired. It's been a couple of years. He, does, he doesn't want to hold the press conference now because, to his point, people would be like, Didn't haven't you been retired for like three years? But that's why I've been asking every time he comes on. I'm like, aren't you retired already? Yeah, so uh, Dennis Pitta, officially retired at the age of whatever he is. <laughs> Coming out, BYU hosts the third-ranked Red Rocks of Utah tonight in gymnastics. Coach Gard Young tells us how the gym cats are preparing for the meet. And one picks for the weekend also happen next. The tables have turned, or have they? Jerem getting buckets? What is this? This is BYU Sports Nation. That's a Friday morning, bro. BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano is your place for Cougar sports with a social media twist. In the latest episode, it's a men's basketball and volleyball game day special. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube account. Friday, this is how we do it. And this is how we do today's BYU Sports Nation headlines for a second time. BYU men's basketball, routing Portland 79-56. Yoli Childs with another monster game, a double-double, and I'm not talking about in and out. He had 28 points, 12 rebounds, though he had every right to go to in and out after that performance. Emphasized by these two. TJ drops it off for Cannon, who drops it off for Childs. He gives it back to TJ, who gives it a low to Yo on the pick and roll, and Yo throws it down. The throwdown is a Yo down. Greg Rebell on the call. The Cougars host Santa Clara tomorrow, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, and the Chiefs take on the Colts tomorrow in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Kyle Van Ooy and the Patriots play Michael Davis and the Chargers Sunday. And Taysom Hill and the Saints play the Eagles Sunday as well. Good luck to all those guys, although you do have a matchup of Kyle Van Ooy versus Michael Davis. Mm, yes. Not directly on the field, perhaps in special teams. This KB, yeah, KBN plays special teams. BYU men's volleyball, very impressively sweeping number seven Ohio State in their home opener last night. Sophomore Gabby Garcia-Fernandez led the team with 15 kills, six digs. Also had a couple of aces. The Cougars right back to work in the Smithfield House Saturday night, tomorrow, as they host Ball State 
9 p.m. Eastern time. And women, and boom goes the dynamite. And boom That's goes the, the dynamite. And boom goes that from Ball State. Women's basketball wins its seventh game in a row, topping Pacific 77-74 in Stockton. Passes it to the man. And boom goes the dynamite. Paisley Johnson and Shaylee Gonzalez, 24 points each, 13-3. BYU plays at St. Mary's tomorrow, 5 Eastern. Let's play and one if we have to. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. You probably know the rules. I'll tell you again. The first pick is worth two points if we get that one right. Like an and one in basketball. We can pick up the extra point with our second pick. Standings going into last night's game. I had eight points. Jerem had two. So, Jerem, did you get any closer? Yes. My two-pointer. BYU by 17 plus. Swish. Yeah, nailed it. BYU by 23. When I first saw the score, I didn't do the math right. I thought I got it wrong. And then I realized I actually got it right. And what? Nick Emery will be one of the top three scores for BYU. Mm. Come on, Nick. Wake up, baby. Let's go. Uh, he had six points tied for six, which is where he sits on the season as well. He's got to take more shots. Yeah. Nick, shoot. You have the green light from us, okay? <laughs> Buckets. you got to take more shots. All right, my two-pointer. BYU will score 85-plus. I felt really good about what BYU was doing the first 10 minutes of the game and thought, oh, man, they're going to eclipse 85, no problem. Then they had a really slow next 10 minutes. They ended up scoring 79, so I was wrong. My and one, Nick Emery will score in double figures. Yikes. Ofer. Again, he's got to take more shots. I thought he would take more shots. Yeah, he's waiting. I don't know what he's waiting for. Especially with BYU's third-leading scorer, Jashir Hardnett, out with a uh, hand injury, apparently. So, yeah. Granted, it was a very balanced effort from BYU last night. McKay yeah. Cannon was yeah. in double figures. Yoli had a monster night. No, all good. Connor Harding, but we haven't, Haas. we haven't seen Nick be Nick yet. When's he going to break out for 20-plus? That will ick. happen. He's just ick. That will happen. Come on. Okay, updated standings now. I stay at eight. Jerem has cut the lead in half. Hey, here we go. Let's go. He's at four. Let's go. Now for our picks for Saturday's game against Santa Clara. Okay, BYU 7-0 against Santa Clara in Provo as a West Coast Conference men- member. Average margin of victory in those games is 22. I say the game will be decided by fewer than that. 17 or fewer. And that is weak, and I know it. That's a very, very cute, tricky way yes, of throwing is. out a mailed-in pick. Yes, it is. Well, I've been hearing yours, and now I'm going to oh, do it. Oh, that's worse than and, mine. And, and one. Give us some of that. Both, and one. Both teams will shoot above 30% from three. Okay, that one's actually okay. But <laughs> 17 or fewer? He always dominated these fools. This is not Santa Clara of the past. They've won nine of the last ten. Yeah. They just beat Pepperdine. All I know is BYU dominates these guys by 22 oh. a game, man. Please win by 18. So I'm going, if I go 17 plus, I'm going 17 minus. Come on, Cougs. I implore you to blow out this team. 18. I want to blow out too, but by 14. <laughs> My two-pointer. BYU will hold Santa Clara to 68 points or less. Mm. This is going to be a challenge. One. BYU's defense has been suspect, been better at home. We'll see what they can do against the Broncos. My and one pick. TJ Haas will have a three to one assist to turnover ratio tomorrow. Oh, interesting. Did he last night? He did. He had his, his best seven. game last night against the worst team, Portland. He had yeah. seven assists and one turnover. Oh, that's a seven to one ratio, I believe. Yes, just above a three to one. There you go. Okay. 
Okay, coming up after finishing last season ranked seventeenth, where does gymnastics go from here? Head coach and silver medalist Guard Young joins us next. The Gym Cats on the up and up. They're preparing to host third rank Utah tonight live on BYU TV. Yeah. We can't wait. Guards in the house. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight it's the top 25 matchup and the season debut for the BYU Gymnastics team as the Cougars host third-ranked Utah tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. The BYU ladies, number 24 to enter the season in that preseason poll. Good start. There's some respect there. We like the direction of the program. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. Which former BYU football player was the most outstanding Cougar in the NFL this season? At Kobe.York on Instagram. Definitely Taysom. Man was amazing this season and got a lot of media attention. The more I hear and think about Fred Warner, I'm thinking it might be Fred. Rookie. What, what a season he Rookie. Had. Top 20 in tackles in the NFL. Led was, his team. It was good to see him insert himself, too. Because um, there's been a few. And Taysom Hill, too, where it's like, okay, the last couple of years, yeah, guys are getting in there and doing things. Yeah. Great. Came down to Fred and Kyle for me. I mean, it, was, it was close. Ziggy kind of had an off year. Ziggy injured. was injured yeah, again. Normally, I would say Ziggy. He's been the best. He's the best player. He's in the one NFL. of the top NFL free agents this offseason. See what happens so to him. We'll see where Hopefully he, he gets goes. out of Detroit. Let's be honest. Join the conversation twenty four seven on social media using the hashtag BYUSN. Our second guest of the day in studio this time, the head coach of BYU women's gymnastics, Guard Young, Olympian, silver medalist, all around good guy. Welcome back, up, Guard. Guard. Can't believe it. Starting uh, another season. With Here we go. We're back. I'm Let's still go. here. Yes, you are. I'm still here. Yeah. I got and, a job. And doing great things. <laughs> uh, I know it's impossible to summarize an offseason in like 60 seconds, but what was the offseason like? It was great. Uh, grew a lot as a team. Um, they, they stayed uh, all summer, volunteer practices in the gym. I'm one of the few sports that actually get to be with my athletes over the summer. So I'm, I'm a more traditional. I'm a lifeguard in there. So I can't really teach the swimming lessons, but I can make sure that everyone's safe and, you know, everyone's, you know, working hard. And, but they're volunteer practices. They really are. And uh, we were doing some big-time tricks too. And, and I want a growth mindset with our athletes. I don't want them to be like, okay, I came in at this level, and all I have to do is maintain. It's like, no, that's not good enough. We got to get better every single year. I want my athletes better their senior year than they were as a freshman. What a way to begin the season as well with the Red Rocks of Utah. This is always a really fun meet that if people haven't been to before, they should they show up tonight or at least watch on TV. Absolutely, um, they're one of the best programs in the country. They they already had a meet against Penn State uh, last weekend. They looked great, great at their home opener. So they're a great team this year. They're top five. You know, their fans are really knowledgeable, too. Oh, man. Unbelievable gymnastics fans up there. And so we want them to come, you know, down to the Merritt Center and and into enemy territory, I guess. But really see what we're doing and what we're about and be like, come come away going, yeah, they're they're moving in that right direction. And they're doing some great stuff. And, you know, it's like a boxing match, though. They do a routine and then we do a routine. We're just taking blow to blow to blow throughout the course of a gymnastics meet. You've been very complimentary of Utah, and understandably, but let us compliment what you have done with this BYU women's gymnastics program. You inherited a program that 
consistently was scoring 194, 195. That jumped up a point. And then last year, you got into the 197 at one point, and you finished the season ranked number 17. What's been the secret to success in this climb? You know, a lot of it came down to after the first two seasons. It was why are we making silly mistakes in the gymnastics meet? And it was a moving target. You know, it would be beam one event, one meet. And then it would be floor the next meet. And then it would be bars another meet. And we just couldn't quite figure it out. came down to fundamentals, basics. I mean, the, the core to any athletic sport that you do, fundamentals will always win out. And we just attacked our fundamentals. We got better there. And those little silly little mistakes stopped happening. And that's when we saw these huge jumps happen. All-American Shannon Evans is back. What can we expect from her this season? Great things, yeah. Uh, we went to the national championships last year. Uh, first time BYU had a gymnast out on the floor in 14 years. And we actually were in the rotation with Utah. And it was a real fun experience. She had some teammates from high school that were on that team. And the coaches were very accommodating. And, and we helped each other out moving mats and setting the equipment. And it was a good experience, great experience for her. That's cool. BYU and Utah tonight at the Marriott Center. Watch it live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time. How do you create pressure situations in practice? Because we've talked about this before as well, but for those that haven't heard this, I'm intrigued by how you get the girls ready to compete by making these practices super pressure-packed. Well, it's not just one thing. You always have to keep keep the practices going differently every single practice. So sometimes the girls are a little on edge. They don't know what to expect every single practice you come in. And, you know, even though it's an individual sport, you're up there by yourself. You know, what the other team is doing has no effect of what you're doing. You know, there is no offense. There is no defense. I like to call it beam fence. Yes. You know, and so <laughs> that's what we're that's what we're doing. But. It is a team sport as well, and that was one thing we adopted uh, a season ago as well, is we had to teach these girls how to hit as a team. And, you know, basically we'd, we'd send a group over to Beam and be like, okay, there's six of you, we expect six hits. If not, we're starting over. We're just going to hit the clock and we're going to hit the reset and you may be here longer, and that's okay. And what's great is they, they learn how to hit as a unit. Besides Shannon Evans, who are some of the gymnasts that we should expect to be notables this season? You know, I was really happy with Abby Miner. She was a freshman last year, uh, got on vault lineup after we had Mackenzie Douglas go down with a torn Achilles, um, was a great floor worker for us, and she's had an incredible offseason. I see her actually breaking into the all-around this year. How do you keep everyone's name straight? Because... You've got Abby's and Allie's and Ashley's. Like, do you ever call them by the wrong name? You know what? Um, everyone has their little nicknames. And so, you know, when Mackenzie Douglas showed up, you know, her first year here, we had two Mackenzie's. So she was Doug. Until this day, she's still Doug. And she sends me texts and then signs her name Doug. So apparently her <laughs> name is Doug now. And Abby Minor is not Abby Minor. She just, we just call her Minor. Okay, yeah, because you have three Abbeys. And, yeah, that's right. We had three Abbeys. Um, and now Abby's sister, Sadie, is here. So I have two Minors. But Sadie is Sadie, and Minor is Minor. And that's how <laughs> yeah. we keep it straight. Okay. Okay, yeah, and clear. what about Abby Beeston and Abby Bowden? You call them by their last names as yeah, well? Yeah, we got Bowden and Beeston. Yeah, and Beeston's <laughs> hilarious because she'll go meet someone, you know, a guy around campus at class, and, hey, what's your name? My name's Beeston. <laughs> well, for short, she just, I'm Beast. I'm Beast. I'm Beast. <laughs> and that is hilarious. That's great. That's great. Okay, in terms of the youth movement, I know you're excited about, I think, uh, a season coming into last, you had 11 or 12 freshmen coming in. 
Uh, and this is something that we're going to see more of, apparently, in terms of how you recruit. What can you tell us about this youth movement and, and the freshmen incoming this season? You know, my approach has been kind of a football coach where I'm going after talent on specific events. So I may not be able to get the star all around and the nation right now uh, working towards that, but I can get a great beam worker, I can get a great bar worker, and I can get a great vaulter. And we have a bigger team, but there are no rules that say you can only have so many on the team. So as long as the athletic department is happy with me carrying a, a roster of 24, well, we're just going to keep these big teams. It's also created a ton of depth, you know, with sicknesses, kids getting hurt, someone can slide back in. And so I really like our depth this year. I think that's something I'm most excited about is how deep we are on every event, all four events. We have players that can come in and, and perform at a high level. That certainly makes practices competitive. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, good luck tonight. We're excited for the uh, meet at 9 Eastern. Can we get your signature? This is a new flag. New flag. Yeah. All right. New flag. We need the we don't have a, uh, silver medalist on Olympian there. on there. Yeah. Okay. And we want to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. You, yeah, you're good luck tonight. To yeah, we're well going to need it. Let's yes. go. It's going to be a great Attendance meet Attendance is up for BYU Gymnastics. Excitement is up. This is a great time. Congratulations on your success. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Guard. Guard Young is going to give us his autograph. You can sign it right now if you like. All right. Coming up, Jimmer Fredette's an all-star, but coming off the bench in China, what's that all about? I think it's mandatory, but we'll explain the details. Plus, a recap of the three-win night for BYU Athletics in the whip next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the eyes, I like it. Shout-out to today's guests, the retired NFL star Dennis Pitta and the silver medalist head coach of BYU Women's Gymnastics, Guard Young. He was outstanding. If you missed any of the show, I highly recommend you download the podcast and go to BYUSN or go to BYUSN.com to watch the full episode. Today we had time for Dennis Pitta, so let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. BYU beats Portland 79-56, 28 points, done, uh, 12 rebounds from Yoli Childs. The Cougars host Santa Clara, winners of 9 of the last 10 tomorrow at 9 Eastern time. Women's basketball wins another game. Seven straight, 5-0 in conference after winning at Pacific 77-74 in Stockton. Shaley Gonzalez taking the BYU Sports Nation karma and utilizing it for 24 points. Log it. Paisley Johnson also scored 24. They've gone back-to-back 20-plus in some outstanding play. Cougars play at St. Mary's tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Cougars in the NFL. Four Cougars are in the NFL divisional round of the playoffs this weekend, starting with Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen, and the Chiefs taking on the Colts tomorrow. Kyle Van Oy and the Patriots face off against Michael Davis and the Chargers Sunday. And Taysom Hill and the Saints battle the Eagles Sunday as well. Volleyball. Swept number seven Ohio State in the men's home opener last night. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, just a sophomore, led the team with 15 kills, six digs, two aces. BYU back in action in the field house tomorrow as they host Ball State. Jimmer! Fredette will play in his third straight Chinese Basketball Association All-Star game this weekend. Fredette's averaging 37 a game and will come off the bench in the game. How does that happen? (laughs) Cougars in pro hoops. Brandon Davies scored 12 points, had three rebounds in a Zalgiris loss. Davies currently the fourth leading scorer in the Euro League, averaging 15 a game. Gymnastics. 24th ranked Jim Katz open the season tonight against third ranked Utah 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Track and field. Men's track and field. Enters the season at number 10 in the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association preseason rankings. That is the USTF CCCA. Yes. Tennis. Women's tennis renews its season today in the Metroplex Mania in Dallas. 
Men's tennis hosts Weber State tonight, 7.30 Eastern, and 24th-ranked Utah tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern as well. Swimming and diving. Hosting Grand Canyon in their final home meet tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Final home meet? What? I know, right? They don't, play it, they don't have another one? I know. Gee. Today's rise and shout goes to Fred Warner. And I think that you and I have been convinced into yeah. now selecting Fred. him as the most outstanding BYU football player in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, he, MLP, Fred Warner. Uh, well done, my friend. Also, shout out to uh, all the BYU teams that won last night. It's it was a great a, night. It was a great night. Energy is high. Love it. Our question of the day, which former BYU football player was the most outstanding Cougar in the NFL this season? At Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. Says, as much as I want to say Taysom Hill for his... Oh, he did not just do that. Fred Warner's tackling stats as a rookie speaks volumes for his outstanding-ishness. Yes, he wrote that out that way. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic this year. I, I don't know what we thought for Fred Warner. Um, I thought he would be a good player, maybe see some time. He starts every game. Okay. He has 124 tackles, mm-hmm. and he's uh, you know 85 solo. The Niners uh, struggled, so maybe that's why he didn't get a little bit of the pub. Darius Leonard has a great has a great fr- uh, freshman rookie season with the Colts and gets a lot of that uh, mm-hmm, pub. Mm-hmm. But he's right. Baker Mayfield. So there were other rookies that kind of took the spot. Fred was dynamite. I think if the Niners were a fringe playoff team, that we would have heard Fred Warner's name a little more. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years at CL underscore Living, in on Twitter. Fred Van Sorenhill. <laughs> He's a Braved Nogan type yes. of outstanding cougar. Where's the Michael Davis part of that? That's the only. Fred Van Sorenvishill. Med Van Sorenhill. That's great. I'm excited to watch the well playoffs. Played. There's, a, there's a cougar on uh, four different teams that we can watch. I'm, I'm stoked. Um, one quick thing. We didn't talk with Guard Young about his new assistant. Oh, yeah. Who was part of Barnum and Bailey's Circus for four years. His name is Leonid Matsuk. Yes. From He's the incredible. Ukraine. We need to get him on the yeah, show. Next time. All right. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. We will. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Mike Smith, who's doing work for the Utah Jazz now. Nice. It was Ringling Brothers, by the way. Ringling yeah. Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Go Cougs! Happy Friday. Beat Santa Clara.